0: Denver Denver I'm run Denver 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 Denver Denver
1: I'm run Denver 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 i am run denver 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 i am run denver 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 i am run denver 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 i am
2: denver 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 i am denver 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 Hello and welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the most chlorinated city between Waterworld and Pirate's Cove. I'm Joel Warner. Joining me today at the Five Points Media Center are co-hosts Vanessa Martinez, Josh Johnson, and Jared King-Mayer. And as usual, our man behind the class is Julian Mondragon. It's a bit of a tough morning here at the Diatribe, and I assume many of you guys listening at home are feeling the same way. We awoke to the news of the mass shooting. Uh, in Aurora last night and our hearts uh, go out to the victims of all the terrible violence. And actually, uh, that was already the topic of our show today, uh, community violence. We have people here who are working to stem such violence and people who've been victim of such violence themselves. Uh, our special guests are a former gang member turned community activist, uh, Terrence Roberts and police brutality victim turned social justice worker, Alex Landau. Uh, But first, some lighter stuff, some newsy bits. Uh, For those who say that Denver is not the center of the universe, you guys are wrong. Because last weekend we had not one but two of the biggest stars in the world here in Denver. We had a dog, the Bounty Hunter, and we had a ruffled Bill Murray all hanging out in Denver. But dogs from here, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, he left. And then he well, came he back. He to Hawaii, right? But, yeah. um, you know, I guess he was here to throw a party because he has a new shop yeah. called uh, Dakine Dog House. <laughs> uh, Jared, since you're from Hawaii, can you please translate what <laughs> DeKine Doghouse <laughs> means?
0: Well, Dakine d- means it's like the good stuff.
2: It's the good dog It's house. the
0: good dog house. But, it, yeah, it's this uh, new bail bonds place that he has off of uh, Sheridan there in Edgewater. And it's funny because I was driving by and I'm like – the. Do, is that the dog, the bounty hunter? And it's like this totally ugly, nondescript little storefront. You know, there's nothing very elaborate about it. But, uh but yeah, dog's wife, what's her name, Beth? Mm-hmm. She yeah. was out here, and she they threw a party in Edgewater, which is apparently the new center of the criminal universe.
2: Uh, but lots of people came out, and they had they had a musicians like the Groove Hogs were there. The big get to get the Groove Hogs at that show. It now, is. one thing I was trying to do, I was trying to figure out what the doghouse is. I guess it's like a dog souvenir store where you go and buy dog souvenirs because everyone goes <laughs> to Edgewater souvenir. to buy dog. The <laughs> I Banner don't think Hunter.
3: that place is new. He's had a, a, He's a, had a souvenir, souvenir shop store there. In endeavor
2: for a while. Yeah. So, what is is so, so, so what are you guys going to buy uh, from the Dakine, uh, Dog doghouse souvenir shop? In Edgewater. Uh,
4: uh, bonds, isn't that what we're supposed to buy? So,
2: you're going to buy an official dog of and You bonds. have to get arrested first, Vanessa.
4: Well, I, I can take care of that. <laughs> okay. We'll figure that out.
2: So, that's what you're going to get? <laughs> just hang out with me for a week.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Josh's birthday weekend. I'm sure it'll yeah. happen at some point.
0: Either, <clears throat> yeah. I'll, I'll either get arrested or I'll wake up somewhere. Okay. I'm going to go there and get a sweet dog, the bounty hunter, neck tattoo. Yes. There you go. <laughs> that's good. What's it going to say? It'll just be his face and his mane of hair <laughs> flowing down my back. <laughs>
2: On so my yeah.
3: shoulder like a sleeve. That's, think. that's nice. Truth be known, you know, Dog's kind of a good guy, it seems.
4: No, he's not. Hey.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, moving on Once from that comment, <laughs> um, I was far more excited the fact that Bill Murray was just wandering through Denver doing his Bill Murray thing. I guess he was here because he went to Regis. I know. I, I had no idea. He's going to Regis. So I was he's, uh, all right, Bill Murray
3: is on a, uh, uh, like a house party tour. Well, I mean, okay. that's what he's doing. No, it's no, a planned thing. That's bullshit. That has not been it's confirmed. It's a lie yeah.
2: because, okay, oh, really? like the press release, I have a copy of the press release here. It's called uh, um, Bill Murray's Party Crushing uh, Tour Dates and Locations. Supposedly he's going to all these cities around the country to sing karaoke. And if you have a house party and put a sign up that says Bill Murray can crash here, Bill is supposed to come by. This was big news about a week and a half ago. It's clearly fake in that uh, the phone number that I have on here is a phone number for Westboro Baptist Church. Right. So it's not real. Uh, however, however, this is where things get a little strange. Um, he was supposed to be in Denver on August uh, 17th, which isn't that far away from when he was in Denver, which was July 15th. So kind of. It's kinda over, over a month away, Joel. <laughs> it's close <laughs> enough. It's close enough. <laughs> I know. There, He's there's a month early. Yes. So maybe so maybe it was like a prep for his countrywide tour. He's the head of schedule. Yeah, ahead yeah, of schedule. <laughs> so yeah. So Bill Bill I love
4: that he wore that he a name tag to his reunion.
2: Yeah, it's hilarious. Be, yeah, not everyone like knows.
4: Not everyone yeah. knows Bill Murray I see, guess. see,
2: I'm sure dog Ooh. doesn't have to wear one. I'm sure dog <laughs> walks. Oh, i was like, "Oh, it's dog." Dog back. Dogs back. He's getting annoying. <laughs> right. Um and um but then we also have um it's possible that pretty soon we can all take as many free newspapers as we want to put at the bottom of, of our parakeet cages, which we all want. Uh, because there's a law that says that you can't take as many free newspapers as you want from any of the free newspaper uh, boxes around town or around the state. That's right. And I guess um, the Crime Commission is saying, no, we don't need this law anymore. I know, Vanessa, you're a bit fired up about this, so I want you to talk about it. I know that you have some personal connection to this, don't you?
4: Yeah, well, we all do if we've worked for free newspapers. But um, the, in 2004, uh, the Colorado legislature passed a law making it a crime to take more than five news- free newspapers from um, any place. Doesn't matter if it's inside of a business or if it's from a, a newsstand. But now, um, I think it's the uh, it's it's the it's a criminal justice. It's a commission for juvenile justice, actually. Um, that's that's looking into, um, doing away with what they call boutique crimes. And they consider this one of them saying that there's, um, there aren't really enough people doing it. It's kind of a bogus law. Yeah.
3: What What are are some other boutique crimes? That's a
4: good question. I would love more context on that. The post story doesn't have anything. And I, I, I didn't do any investigations of my own, but, um, this is the one that's making the most noise right now. So they want to do away with it. Um, people on the commission are making some really absurd claims like if it's a free free newspaper it doesn't have value, so you know we shouldn't it, it shouldn't be a, a crime to take more than five of these papers because they have no value. Um, but the truth is that they do obviously have plenty of value inside of them. There's advertising plenty of advertising dollars that go into them and even if they don't um, it's it's the business owner's right to do whatever they want with their with their product. If they want to give it away, they can. Um, but you know, this was, this was a big deal back in 2004 when the law was passed because, um, in Colorado Springs, uh, there was an incident where a county commissioner took a giant pile, was caught on camera taking a gigantic pile of Colorado Springs independence from the county building. Um, and I happened to be working at the independent at the time. Uh, which was investigating uh, this particular commissioner for some um, wrongdo potential wrongdoings, and so it's clear to see that anybody who doesn't like what might be in those papers would be interested in taking them off the streets now, and making sure that people don't find but there, out. You know in what
3: them. the commissioner is missing is that people don't read.
0: So. I mean so so, How can so, so, they, so people don't read and therefore yeah the, we that, can get get rid like of it
3: that? can take I mean, there's yeah. value within the papers and I, I agree with that it, just, it doesn't translate oh. to salaries
0: Oh I see I see And so. and
3: it and or readers
0: Well right yeah. now the law states that uh the way they lay it out is that that if you there's different levels right Right. there's different levels of fines it is a it is a criminal statute but no one's going to go to jail that's not um, unless you don't pay your fees unless you don't pay your fines that you get if you take uh you know something below a hundred dollars you get a thousand dollar fine if you or a hundred issues or copies of this uh free paper whatever it is hundred dollar thousand dollar fine and then it kind of goes up from there how badly would
2: you feel if you went to jail for taking free newspapers
0: Well, that's what You'd be, that would be. Pretty I mean, but th- this, this is the point that they're trying to make, mm-hmm. and I can kind of see where they're coming from because if you're trying to give something away for free, how is it? Uh, how can you sort of make that a regulated activity? How can you say, well, you could, you're only allowed to take this many if you're, um, you know, if, if you're giving them out for free, if you're presenting them and say, here, take one of these issues. Someone wants to come up and take one, or wants to take a hundred. Do we really need a law to? differentiate that for something that is essentially being given away Can I ask well, a question
4: yeah
5: how much of a budget does westward have to spend since you glad you guys work for westward to print all of those i don't know how many thousands of copies for people to read and if they're all swiped out then that's a lot of money westward has lost i don't know how much absolutely does it cost? What and is the budget what does patty spend on that
4: I, I've never seen Westward's numbers. I mean, it, it, that's that's the biggest cost, obviously, to a print publication is the printing cost uh, in general. That 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 usually is over the over the year. It's more than salaries. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, beyond that, there's there's the distribution cost of getting it on the street. There's the advertising that's inside of it. If the advertisers who are advertising that paper don't see it on the street, then they're not going to advertise anymore. So that value is lost as well. Well,
0: the thing that irked me about these commissioners, and of course, they they passed. Uh, you know, uh, a vote on this commission. Just a recommendation. To recommend, recommendation. Yeah. This would still have to be picked up and changed by the legislature. And right. we'll see whether or not that happens. But the way they were uh, presenting this is like they thought it's just piles of paper thrown on some open city sidewalk when that's not true at all. For these newsstands for Westward or for the many, many other ones like Your Hub, which is owned by the Denver Post, you actually have to get uh, sometimes you have to pay the business owners to have those stands in there. In their kiosks or in their front Mm. areas. And uh, the newspaper boxes, I mean those are – you have to get permits from the city to place those in certain areas. So it's not the same as if you're taking a pile of random papers and just throwing them on the ground like it's abandoned property. It's clearly set up within the framework of regulation. There's a business transaction that's going on between the advertisers, the paper, and then the paper and the places where it's being distributed, so uh, they completely, uh, you know, the debate there that they, the way they framed it on the commission was just so devoid of any yeah. type of context. My, see, yeah. my biggest concern
2: was the point that okay, if it's free, there's there's no value. Which I mean, an argument like that in this day and age, where we're here doing a podcast that's free, or all of us have written online. Or blogs or whatnot, that essentially free content and to say therefore, if someone doesn't pay for this content and has no value, now this is clearly not not like a court decision, so it doesn't mean anything other than this random like panel. But but it's just not a good road to be to, to be going down. No, not, not a good
4: not in the digital age yeah, for sure. Yeah, and stupid. and one of the commissioners said that, you know, well if I wanna if I wanna read Westward content, I'll get it online. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's free. The guy too, was like seventy-five. So value- He's never been online.
2: <laughs> He'll be like, "Where's Alta is Vista?" There a, is there a law
3: <laughs> of, about like um, opening too many um, browsers? On here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's free content online. That can, so. right. Josh, that can
2: really slow down your computer. Yeah,
0: oh, I think the <laughs> distinction isn't so much is it free, and is someone taking so many of these. Uh, issues or something else if it's free or even if it's online and you're consuming it for free, it's whether or not you're preventing other people from being able to uh, consume that same content. So, And that's really the intent of this law. If someone is going out there with the intent of removing all of these editions to prevent other people from seeing it or if you want to sort of create an analogy here, if I went onto a free website, a free news website and did a um, denial of service attack that prevented everyone else from seeing it, well – then that, to me, is where you can look at this and say, well, yeah, there is a crime being committed there. You're preventing other people from being able to consume this content that maybe maybe doesn't have a monetary value to it, but it still has a value. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, the good news is, I mean, this is is still pretty preliminary. It's just a recommendation. We'll continue following this as it kind of moves forward through the legislative process. But also, possibly more importantly, uh, the gypsies are coming. Did you guys read about this? the T. Arapahoe District Attorney's Office, which is always on top of important uh, criminal developments, supposedly sent out some warning about how people should be on the lookout for gypsy scams. Mm. Um, and they define gypsies, what they say, as like, as like dark skinned Caucasians and how they're, how they're masters of. What does of that mean, dark skinned? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Something along that. They're yeah. tan. Yes, they're, they're well tan. tanned <laughs> and they're masters of false identification. And, of course, if you try to mess with their uh, tarot cards, they will put a curse on you. <laughs> right. So You're going to get gypped. That. Yes. You're going to get You're shrunken. Gypped. Yeah. I just... I just have <laughs> fascinating... Like, I I don't know if I've ever actually seen a real gypsy. not, Not in Colorado... Not, yeah. I mean, They have maybe, a reality show. Yeah. Maybe they're hiding <laughs> there in the is shadows. That, there is
3: that re- reality show. What is that show? My Gypsy Wedding or something. Yeah. Wed- is is there real
2: gypsies? Do, do, they, do they do the gypsies? They call thing? themselves gypsies. As a, re- yeah. As, a result, <laughs> real, As a
3: result, my my sister uh, says she'll only marry a gypsy. Really? she wants why? I don't know why, why, I don't know what's the attraction of gypsies like yeah, They're, they're tight they, they keep it tight I they think. keep it tight <laughs> yeah they're really and, fam-
2: they're dark-
0: skinned they're <laughs> and they're dark-skinned Caucasians yeah they're, so all so co- they're, so they're all they're ordering like, Hispanic yeah, and that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, actually what the, the press emails. release said and that's why the ACLU Por- kind of yeah, picked borders. up on this. yeah the ACLU they say they might appear to be borderline well no I don't know the exact wording but they said they're darks how do you know a gypsy they're dark-skinned Caucasians they might almost appear to be Hispanic which yeah they have at least, Let's yeah. just call it borderline Hispanic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they have at least three, like three rings in each ear, right? right. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's kind of like next.
3: it's kind of like when when people are exiting a plane uh, plane from Cancun. On. So that's it. So they're the, all gypsies? The, like the whole. They, uh, probably down looks down. like gypsies, right? So the Rappahoes, like bunch like of tan white people with braided yeah. hair and
2: and uh, the sheriff's all gonna show up from Rappahos County and just. And just yeah, and Sweep. see you in. Yeah, Sweep. Yeah. You oh. know,
4: this is actually something that comes up often. I remembered uh, in Larimer County, I, I don't know, 2007, 2008, the uh, Larimer County Sheriff's Office put out a similar um, notice that said, uh, "Be like, watch out for the gypsy and traveler scams, right? Yeah. So this is a pretty common thing. I think what's happening right now is that the, this, this description is obviously what's out of character so that the sheriff's department in Rapo county is doing an investigation to figure out who the heck added this like you know racist crazy thing to you know borderline like, hispanic borderline, yeah. yeah
2: well we know who did it it was crazy carol chambers right <laughs> <laughs> she was like sitting in her office right yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, was, she like, got voted out there's a oh, new she, guy no, i don't, well, I don't know if, i don't know if this uh yeah she's still, she's still like sneaking around though in the no, office she was, she's like, she hiding was a she's, like, she, hiding uh, limited yeah so there's
0: a new uh a new uh, district Attorney. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it's she's either on her way out or she's ready to be out. So, uh, yeah, gypsy yeah. scams. So was, look
2: out.
4: These have a bad. It's a. It's a. It's a bad name to begin with. It's kind of like the bandits. Like these guys need more creative, like copywriters in house or something, yeah. like public information officers. It's like. Who came up with the name "Gypsy Scam" to describe somebody who does housework?
3: Yeah, gypping. and
4: ro- you know, attend- right. you know, it's it's only
3: it's only been recently, I'd say, in like the last year or so, I think the reality show that I realized that a gypsy is is actually an ethnicity and not a lifestyle. Yeah, you know, and so yeah. I mean, if it's an ethnicity, then why are we saying, you know, you you can you're just gonna get fucked by these people? Yeah. Yeah, what yeah are they because they're consistent. gypsy. Because a lot of people is, do. I that don't skims. know. Yeah, what? What yeah. is? I know a, black a, a, people <laughs> who do those. Kind
5: of <laughs> I know light-skinned white people who do that. Are they light-skinned people? I know actual. I know actual Latinos <laughs> yeah. who do that kind of Not scam. Borderline. So I think that that's bigoted, though. Like yeah. to kind of act like that's their signature crime. That's an American crime. That's everyone's crime. You go to Europe, it happened to you in Europe. Go to Brazil, use credit cards, see what happens. I mean, our basic,
3: basically, capitalism's kind of a scam, right? I mean, they. Try to sell you. You buy what the pet rock or anything that's on like late night TV. You're getting gypped. So You are.
2: So you're saying that we're all gypsies, Josh. I'm we're saying all. that
3: gypsies are elite capitalists. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. They've, they've mastered the game, and and we're pissed off about it. But I guess
5: they have a lot of wholesome values, like their women never have sex before marriage. That's right. Um, They wear the most scantily clad outfits, but they never have sex. I think that's why my
2: sister's interested. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) They're good dancers. Yes, they're very good dancers. Yeah, they do. do Apparently, they travel. They travel a shit ton.
0: Yeah. Hey, it actually sounds pretty good. Called traveler crime. And for (laughs) the record, the the correct term is is Roma. Yes. Yeah. There's the Romas. Yeah. Oh really? Uh,
2: are they the R- only gypsy? No, no. There's actually several different kind of ethnic. Um, so it is. It's a
3: lifestyle that that includes a bunch of ethnicities. Am I? Yeah. I mean, I'm st- yeah, I clearly start, still don't understand
2: it. Okay. I think we might have to do some Wikipedia research after this, Josh. <laughs> yeah. I really want to know what okay, is a okay, gypsy. Okay, it started. I might be with, one. Okay, it started with this certain indigenous group who came out of the Indian subcontinent. A long time ago they started moving through Europe. Okay. You know, and they never had one particular location to to get kind of to get kind of settle down in, so they would always kind of move place to place. They were long uh, persecuted similarly to like the Jews in Europe and whatnot. Yeah, Hitler hated them, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So, you know, so, they've, you know, so they have And so they bought a bunch of RVs and <laughs> moved <laughs> to Parker, Colorado. Yes, and and Johnny all, Depp, Depp joined them
4: and they all ate chocolate. Yes.
2: Johnny Depp's yes. a gypsy? <laughs> Okay, so anyways, I think we should move on from the gypsy conversation. Uh, maybe we could continue at some point, and maybe not. Uh, but also, uh, speaking of the funny bandit names, I want to do a factual follow-up from last week. Ron was asking where all the weird names for the bank robbers come from, things like the waistline bandit or whatnot. Right. Well, 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 it turns out that if I was on the podcast, yeah, week, Joel, you're the I expert told on you. this. He knows. I'm we were the like expert wondering. on witness. They come from this group called the Safe Streets uh, Task Force. Here in Denver, which is this kind of like, like Avengers supergroup of law enforcement, it's like FBI, police, detectives, sheriffs. And they're all based in this like hidden safe house location by the stockyards. And it's just part of this like federal program to stop bank robberies because bank robberies, bank robbers usually go, you know, across state lines or across like county lines. So it can't be one particular local department. So they create these kind of kind of cross state departments and complete Complete like badasses mm. you know they you know they have their own special like jail cells like hidden away like within the stockyards here in denver and one of the wow. things they do is they get to come up with these crazy names and what's the purpose you know, the crazy the name like why why have it, the funny uh, names the, for some the, guy?
0: that's robbing a convenience store the way
2: the head of safe streets explained it to me was it's basically to kind of capture the public's attention yeah saying okay hey look out for the waistline bandit he's known to do this I think it's also these guys are just bored sitting in their office and they want to do something weird. So they come up with weird <laughs> bank robber names. It's a PR move. Yeah. So so, so that's that. So that's how we explain the bank robbers. Um, that's enough on gypsies and bank robbers and the newsy bits. Um, if you guys listening ever have a new story that you want to share with us, read about something we said, or invite us to a karaoke party with Bill Murray, please leave a comment on denverdiatribe.com, like us on Facebook, or drop a line at 720-282-YELL. Um, And uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Free Speech TV and NFNRadio.com. Uh, once again, everyone get ready for the Laugh Track Comedy Festival on August 2 through 4th. This is our very own Comedy of Palooza three days of comedy film screenings and stand up shows, including your very own Denver Diatribe hosting a panel um, on a film and comedy debate on Saturday, August 4th at 1 p.m. at the Bug Theater. 3654 Navajo Street. For more info and tickets, visit laughtrackcomedyfest.com. Hope to see you guys there. Uh, The first big topic of the day. Uh, We came in planning to talk about gang violence um, in Denver, which has been a a big topic in the news this summer. Um, Up until last night, probably the biggest, uh, most troubling news report of the summer was the shooting at at City Park Jazz, where uh, Denver police officers... Uh, Denver Police Officer uh, Selena uh, Hollis was shot and killed, and there was speculation that uh, the 21-year-old Roland Oliver, who was arrested in connection to the crime, was a gang member. Um, So I want to talk a bit about gang violence with uh, Terrence Roberts, a former gang member himself, and now um, the founder of the Prodigal Son Initiative, a youth organization based in Northeast Park Hill. But also I want to talk about kind of community violence in general, which is kind of which we're already talking about a bit this morning. We look at these kind of horrific developments, uh, shootings in City Park, shootings at movie theaters, and I think uh, the typical reaction is to blame something or someone, whether it's the schools, the violent movies, the police, um, holes in the mental health uh, safety net. Um, and the question is, is that what we should be doing in cases like this, or do we say, "Hey, is this part of modern life? That you know that these things just you know these things are something that we have to be aware of." I'm going to throw that to Terrence or anyone else in yeah. here.
5: <clears throat> I mean, I don't think we should just say it's a part of our life because we could say AIDS is yeah. a part of our life or exorbitant cancer rates is a part of modern life. So why worry about it? You know what I mean? Uh, and you just can't blame one thing either. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of factors that lead up to it. Of, um, the, the rate of uh, unemployment over there in Northeast Park Kills in double digits No one talks about that yeah. It's not Detroit, it's not Chicago, it's not Los Angeles It's not sexy enough We're talking about Colorado, you know what I mean uh, People don't talk about, you know, um, the poverty uh, You know, two years in a row The New York Times reported this international news You know, this is a publication that goes all over It's in, it's in Israel They reported that for two years straight Colorado had the highest growing rate of childhood poverty No one said anything about it Nobody mm-hmm. cared uh, We had the Summer of Violence in Northeast Denver 20 years ago. It was 19 years ago. Um, Since then, we've had worse winters (laughs) with snow on the ground than the summer of violence. You know what I mean? Um, So, you know, Officer Hollis being killed is a a, a culmination of a lot of different factors that have been leading up for a quarter of a century in Denver, Colorado. We've been had a gang problem here. This is nothing new, and it's just not Denver. You know, look at Greeley. A couple years ago, 100% of their murders were gang-related.
2: 100%.
5: 100%. They had really? what? Only It was like nine murders, but yeah. you no, know, 100%, not 60%, not 20% like L.A., not, you know what I mean? You go to Detroit to have a bad murder problem or even Chicago, but all of those murders aren't gang-related. There's domestic violence, but 100% should have yeah. made national news, did it? Of course not. Didn't even make the Denver Post. Yeah.
2: I want to talk about some of the factors like, leading up to this, but specifically start with like this summer. You know, There's a lot of talk about comparing it to the so-called summer violence. I feel like they say that every summer, they say, oh, it's a new summer of violence, but I mean... Well, why now? Why this summer? Why is there all this discussion about kind of gang violence? I mean, do you see things changing, or is this just kind of just the slow the slow continuation of what's been going on for a long time? Like- um,
5: to be honest, man, every summer's almost similar, man. Yeah. Every summer, you know. Um, you did a story when you were at Westward about how the Holly Shopping Center. Uh, four years ago was arsoned, yeah, you know, explain uh, that
2: they just briefly folks who are
5: um so um the founder of the Crips here in Denver, Michael Asbury, he was murdered in Aurora. um the bloods and the Crips earlier that night had had a shootout downtown, so they just assumed that uh the bloods had killed him, and nine young crip gang members um seven men and two young women with got some Molotovs together, and they tried to the Molotov a candy store that. Kind of the bloods frequented we we're hanging out at, um, but it, it it burned down the entire structure. It was eight businesses over there, so it was an entire shopping center
2: that was arsoned and leveled. And um, you grew up in right around there, so for you, you, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think some people say, "Oh, what? It's a shopping mall." But it, explain what the Holly meant for Northeast Park Hill.
5: I mean, it was the heart of the community. There was actually another shopping center called the Daggett Square, which was four blocks west of that. That even was a bigger hub of activity for a lot of people over there. And a lot of people, you know, people think, oh, there's no black people in Denver. But, you know, there's thousands of black people (laughs) (laughs) who live in northeast Denver. Um, But like I said, it's just not sexy enough to talk about us because we're not a coastal city. We're not a big, you know, now I think we're a bigger media outlet. One of the biggest, actually, people don't know. But for the most part, uh, nobody talked about, you know, the fact that me and my mom, we weren't rich. We lived in, we were on Section 8. You know what I mean? You know, so uh, my grandmother owned a Sofa restaurant. She's 80 years old. She still works there every day because she doesn't have any money. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, nobody freaks people from South Park Hill or from Stapleton. They don't share their resources with us. They don't spend their money at our stores, you know? So it's people without money, barely spending money at those stores. So people over there are poor, man. It's, it's people are having a hard time over there. I was just in Watts, California last month. And I, I, I'd say this um, nationally, and I just said it in the New York times. Uh, Northeast Park Hill is, is more dangerous than Watts, California right now.
2: Why? Mm. I mean, I mean, I mean, like you said, people, I mean, the media is not paying attention to it. I mean, the, they, they never really have paid attention to Northeast Park Hill, or that that part of town. But I mean, I mean, so as you say, I mean, there are some real kind of gang problems and violent problems here in the Denver, in the Denver-like neighborhoods. Why? When did this start? Why did this start? Why you know? Why has it reached this point?
5: You know, man, uh, when we were kids, you know. Um there was kind of this, though, there's not a lot of, you know. I go out of town, we go somewhere like I used to go to Oakland for summers. My father lived yeah. in Oakland. I tell people, oh, I'm from Denver. There's no black people in Denver's Cowboys. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> You have more money than I have, and you're in the middle of Oakland. You're in East Oakland, and y- yeah. your house looks better than mine's. You know what I mean? I'm poorer than you are. You know, so um, just a lot of disenfranchised kids, man. There were no programs like Prodigal Son. There were no black officers. There were no no Chauncey Billups. Well, we don't see Chauncey now. I'm gonna just keep it 100 with you. You know what I mean? You know, but there were there there was nobody who looked like us to give us pride in who we were. You know, then you had people saying that we didn't even exist, and we knew we were poor. We knew we had issues. We knew we were athletic. We knew we were tough. We knew we were smart, but but we, we didn't know if our standards of African-American experience met those of Los Angeles or met those of these other cities because people kept telling us it didn't. you know, So I think just a lot of people joined gangs, and I'm going to be honest with you, not even because they wanted to hurt people or, or beat people up, but they were like, this is a representation of the five points or this is a representation yeah. of Park Hill or Bello, or Northeast Aurora or Northwest Aurora. Um, and a lot of people just joined up and didn't really know initially how dangerous it was. Was, you know?
2: that, was that what it was for you?
5: Absolutely, man. I just I, I used to be on the honor roll, I was an honor roll kid. You know, I look like a gangster now, I'm all tatted up and all that, but for the most part I love school, man. School was fun to me. All the fine girls were at school, all the fights were at school, all the party invitations. You weren't in school, you couldn't go to a party, you couldn't get the invitation, you know what I mean? So, um and I just wanted to represent my community, man. I just wanted to be with my friends. All my friends started becoming bloods, um, and that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to be with the homies, man. You know, uh, that was my after-school program. My after-school program was when we got out of school. We went to the Holly Shopping Center and and just kind of kicked it and hung out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we didn't have basketballs. We didn't have none of that unless you had a $100-something to pay to go play at, you know, the recreation center. but. Yeah. I didn't. My dad was living in Oakland. He was a pimp. Uh, you know, my mom was on Section Eight and working at my grandmother's restaurant. Uh, you know, we didn't have an extra hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, then you had to buy the tennis shoes to match. And then you had to buy the, the the shorts and the muscle shirt. You know, we didn't have all that. So we kicked it, man. We hung out, but nobody intervened because people were like, "Oh, it's little Dinner No, there's not a gang problem. Only yeah. twenty kids have been killed. It's only twenty kids." You know, so um, but it grew and it festered right up under everyone's nose, and we knew how bad it was. know but nobody cared
0: so so i have a question um terrence since you're obviously there at the ground level of of the of what's going on between different gangs there in northeast park hill and we see these shootings the city park shooting and um these other acts of violence and of course in as it gets reported if it gets reported it's like gang related right and that's sort of where it ends but can can you sort of what, what's the context here? Who's actually fighting with each other this summer, and what caused what happened this summer to to have this big flare up that we're seeing in recent weeks? Um,
5: so there was um, well to answer your first question, the people who are fighting are I mean, traditionally a lot of blood and crips, um, a lot of some of it is, is is crip on crip violence, a little bit of it is blood on blood, you know what I mean, but the majority of it is blood versus crip, crip versus blood, and for a few years, you know it. It, 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 it wasn't so much this community versus that community like it was in the summer of violence, but now it it went that far. Actually, with the killing of Officer Hollis, it kind of put the brakes on that a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, but it was it was escalating to be even worse than that. Her killing, actually, is what kind of drew it back and made people stop, you know what I mean, their activity. Um, and yeah. the the biggest shooting that we've seen initially uh, was the shooting that happened at Manuel High School when Daquan Walker-Smith, he was a young man. He got killed right across street during school hours yeah. at Manuel High School. They had to do a school lockdown. Um, and then there was just other incidents. Uh, then the shooting that happened on Bruce Randolph in York um, was what kind of sparked it initially. People didn't know what had happened. We ended up finding out that it was some Park Hill Bloods that ended up doing the shooting to these. It was four people who got shot, but, you know, two young men who were affiliated with the Five Points called Whittier area. Um, they had a lot of love there. A lot of people from the area i don't know them said that they weren't heavily gang involved at all uh, but still they had a lot of respect in this community right here where we're doing a radio show and a lot of people took offense to that you know they did have friends who were crips and different things though so, there are retaliatory shootings right re- retaliatory incidents um and, and pretty much man that's kind of what ended up happening and
0: so is it is it mostly about anger and retaliation that we're seeing now or is it about also territory people fighting over um it's you know, both. both you, yeah. you
5: might have a crip, uh, a a click of bloods who are feuding with just a particular crip, click or set, and that's just retaliatory. You might have another click of bloods <laughs> who are fighting a different click of crips. You know, you know. Sometimes, um, you know, sometimes it's over various things, and different clicks of guys may have certain beats with, with clicks of guys. Sometimes you might have a blood who might just go kill a crip just because, you know, we haven't killed one in a while, and, and vice versa. You know, yeah. just all random shootings the night that um, Officer Hollis was shot, I sat um, at my front door of my office and literally witnessed a, a huge shootout with over 30 bullets shot and the blood was shot in his face and got his face broken. Uh, then literally an hour and a half after that, most of the police were at my, my office. Uh, then they like rushed away <laughs> because Officer Hollis was killed by a, a totally different clique of bloods fighting a totally different set of clit, crips after this shootout that these guys had just had. Um, and then even when they went to go respond to Officer Hollis's um, Murder like 15 minutes after that, there was another shootout in Park Hill. These are different <laughs> gangsters. So, what, what oh. is,
2: uh, you, you go, Josh.
3: What is, all right, so, I mean, we're all familiar with, uh, the, I guess, the, the names Crip and Bloods, but w- what is it that unifies each group? I mean, wh- what's the association? Why would you associate with one and not the other? I mean,
5: it's really about your community. So even without Crip and Blood, Park Hill kids And kids on the Five Points area Just competed With one another Right You know so it's, it's basically and Kids in world. If you know
3: somebody That's a crip Then you become a crip no, So I'm you could e- As easily become blood
5: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so but it's really, really
3: about it geography here. In yeah, a yeah. lot
5: of it is more geography. So Denver's not... very similar to Los Angeles, very right identical. I mean, I've been a lot of places: New Orleans, Chicago, and when it comes to Los Angeles-style gang violence, uh, Denver mimics Los Angeles-style gang violence more than any place in America I've ever been. I've been to Las Vegas, I've been a lot of different places and witnessed, you know, kind of their gang structure and different things. Right. Um, different cities don't do it exactly the same as LA, but Denver's kind of like. Exactly, almost why the because, way
2: because because the breakdown between bloods and crips, or just because
5: I, I, you know, I think Denver ended up with an original, more pure form of bloods and crips directly from Los Angeles, yeah. and a lot of other cities, even cities more violent than Denver, you know, way more violent than Denver, got it more through media, got it more through movies. But even before Boys in the Hood came out, even before Lil Wayne was wearing red rags with skinny jeans, um, you know, there were – you know, Bloods have been in Denver since 1986.
2: So why is that? I mean, is it because folks were moving from crips California to,
5: to Colorado? That's what – so the Crips kind of formed when the uh, – some uh, you know Michael Asbury, he actually would go to Los Angeles when he was younger. His yeah. auntie stayed in Watts, so he would go there. So he was getting it there. But then actually a group of Bloods from Inglewood, Los Angeles, around the time he was forming the Crips, right here in the Five Points, right here at th- where this station is, um, with a lot of poor disenfranchised kids around here. But a contingency of Bloods who just happened to move to Park Hill, which is the neighborhood that already kind of. You know, and, and there was, like, not this, this big animosity between the Five Points and the Park Hill area, but they even had local Denver gangs that fought each other, but they weren't murdering each other, yeah. but they still fought. So there was so already names, well, like some brick animosity city. in the Brick Cities, um, which were over here in the projects. Yeah. Um, and then in Park Hill, it was the B-O-Y-Zs, would just so happened to start with a B. Then the Bloods came, and, like, well, we wear the B, and, you know, and it was kind of like, well, if those guys were starting to become Crips, then, you know, we obviously, I guess, we're bloods now. You know yeah. what I mean. So, um, and that's just really what it was, yeah. man. Just a just a sense of identity, man. And then mm. It didn't just escalated into violence. So,
2: so, so the good news is that you, is you got out of this. So you, so you at some when you were pretty deep into it, you you made you know you made the way pretty high up. Yeah, I in mean, blood hierarchy.
5: Um, I was gunned down in a summer of violence in 1993. I got shot in my back. I was partially paralyzed. It, it cracked my spine. It ruptured my spleen. It shredded my upper and lower intestines. Um, i've had two surgeries since i got shot again after that um i did 10 years in prison i mean i was a supermax got weapons cases i mean the, the whole bit
2: I kept and that's when I you died. decided okay may, maybe maybe was time for a change yeah maybe yeah <laughs> just maybe, just maybe just maybe uh, yeah.
5: been yeah. shot a couple times you know but i might want to think about doing something else and literally that's what it was man i became a blood because i love my community i didn't yeah. i didn't have any problems with crips a lot of my friends were crips a lot of crips and Bloods. we all grew up together there's there isn't a whole lot of African Americans in Denver. This is not D.C. We don't have twenty six thousand, you know, or or, or sixty thousand black people and all of that. You know what I'm saying? Um, we're all mainly pushed over to the northeast sector of town. So yeah. uh, a lot of us, man, we play on the same football teams. Uh, but literally, you live literally, literally. Half of Colorado Boulevard is literally the divine line. Yeah. If, you're in one, if you're in the middle of the Colorado Boulevard, that side of the street is Crips and this side is literally Bloods. Um, and I've seen people literally lose their lives for literally crossing the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen people wait in cars just to make sure no one crosses that border.
2: So, so you got out of prison and you said, okay, it's time to change. And you started the product of on- initiative can you you explain briefly what the podcast initiative so uh
5: you know we focus on youth violence prevention and we mainly focus on prevention just because um all these federal dollars and all the other organizations were mainly like intervention you know when i was you know even when i was in prison i was reading about just a lot of murder still going on people i knew you know kids who i recruited were now older and they were kind of like shot callers and they Mm -hmm. were getting killed or killing people getting put in wheelchairs getting their arms or their legs blown off you know, um, so when I came home, I just wanted to do something for my community. You know, uh, you know, when I was recruited into the Bloods, I kind of got a, a an indoctrination and some propaganda of, oh, it's about the blood of our people. And, you know, it started in Vietnam and these Crips were doing this to people and, you know, white people were doing this and this and that, um, you know, but. Because when I became a blood, I didn't you know, blood has it it didn't do anything for my community, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You know, got me shot up, got a, most of my friends killed and it wasn't the promise that we were given, you know. So what I mean? so what was the alternative that you So we I started an after school program? Okay. You know, it was just so kids can have something to do after school. Because when I was a kid, you know, when I was smoking weed or hooking up with girls or the homies, it was literally in between that time that people say in between like three and six. You know, my mom's thinking I'm going to football practice, and you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with yeah. the homies. You know what I mean? So she's at work. You know, so um, I started after school program. Um, we started taking kids hiking, taking a rafting, taking a rock wall climbing um, to Water World. Did you think of Water World. We took them to Water World one time, <laughs> 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 and when it was time to go we couldn't find none of them you know what i'm saying so water world was scratched but you know know, for the most part man we just we we wanted to do just what we could man to where if kids wanted an alternative um, then you know you don't have to hang out at the candy store. Yeah. What's what's better? You want to hang out at the candy store and possibly get your hair blown off, or do you want to go rock wall climbing? Yeah. You know what I mean. So uh, and some kids want to go get their hair blown off. You know, some kids crazy. You know what I mean. Just like the guy who did the shooting in Aurora. Some people want that. That's all they want. It's
3: got to be like some sort of romantic idea of what it is, right? I mean, I mean, how much how much of this do you think uh, like like a popular culture plays into creating an image of what it's like to be in a gang that's not actually accurate
5: so i you know i'll tell you how big media plays a part in in anything you look at some countries media is pretty much banned or state controlled right, sure. <laughs> i mean so you know when i became a blood back in the day you know the main rappers nwa uh-huh. snoop Doggy dog all these, all these guys were crips and guess what Crips I mean it just exploded you got Crips in Africa you know what I mean uh-huh. you got Crips I was when I was in Port-au-Prince Haiti you got guys in Haiti couldn't even speak English the only English word they knew was Crip and Cuz. <laughs> but they thought they were Crips. <laughs> Didn't even have blue. They had red stuff that people were giving them. They, they were just wearing a big red T-shirt with big kissy lips on them. But they, oh, I'm a Crip. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're not a Crip, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, just trust me. That's not what you yeah. are. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, I mean, it, but they just see it in media. And they just, you know, so when it was big in the media, then the Bloods. You know, started doing heavy recruitment when movies like The Wood came out, and Training right, Day, right, right. and Little Wayne's of Blood, and The Games of Blood. Then all of a sudden, you started seeing the Bloods doing a big heavy recruitment in people in these small towns who didn't even know anything about Bloods. Right. Now they're Bloods all of a sudden. You know, so um, pop culture, man, and media plays it plays a huge, a huge, huge part. How
3: centralized is it? Is it? I mean, it, when when you're talking recruiting, is it done? It's done locally, but is there a national? Like, so kickback? Like, does it, I mean, how much organization is there globally, nationally? Not, I mean,
5: you know, not very much. You got, you know, you got blood gangs who fight other blood gangs. You know, the biggest right. killer of Crips is Crips because there's right. a lot of them. You know, you go to Los Angeles and, you know, the Eight trey Crips and the Rolling 60 Crips, yeah. they' kill each other before they uh, kill a blood because that's all they see they don't really see a lot of bloods in their area right. so so now I, you, I, oh,
2: sorry go on i
4: i have one question i, I kind of want to get back to because you were talking about how um you know this this problem it kind yeah. of uh, it, it's been building over the the last 20 25 years yeah. um we don't pay a lot of attention to what's going on with our kids and the lack of resources and lack of funding in the state for all kinds of programs and how much the poverty is growing. And I heard recently um, uh, that one of the major issues uh, I was in Pueblo talking to a parole officer there talking about young men now being raised by their grandparents because it used to be that their fathers were absent. Now their mothers are absent. A lot Mm -hmm. of their mothers are in prison. And so, you know, they have grandparents who just have no, they can't relate to them on any level Mm -hmm. whatsoever. And you've got these kids going in a little bit younger. Down there, there's a lot of concern that they're going to get connected to some of the cartels because there's a lot of cartel activity down there. Um, But I'm curious to know, like, when it comes to prevention, what is it, like, how... How do you even get in? Like, I know you do after school programs, but what do you do for the kids who are, I mean, when do you start? And what's the most, where do you think is the most important part in the development?
5: So the younger, the youngest we accept is eight. I mean, because, you know, next thing you know, we'll have people, you know, bringing toddlers with with poopy diapers, just dropping them off so they could go get on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, And plus, you know, you don't want to be talking to four-year-olds about drive-bys and exposing them to something they don't even know anything about, you know. So, um, you know, so we start around eight. Um, and, and, and really, man, we just give them an alternative because I'm not Hitler. healer. I can't force anyone to do anything. You know what I mean? Um, all we can do, man, is just hope that they can make the decision. Just like I made the decision to become a blood. No one forced me and I made the decision myself to get out. But I had people, once I was a grown man, I could reach out to people. I knew how to articulate who I was and what I wanted out of life. I was an adult. You know what I mean? So um, we just really give them an alternative the same way uh, Bloods and Crips, give them a choice to do you want to come kick it over here? Come over here with us if you want to. But if you come over here, this is what we're doing and that's the same with prodigal son if you come to my office if you come um hang out with us then we're going hiking and we're not wearing red or blue bandanas and you can't say and you know you're only 10 you can't call people motherfuckers and all that you know what i'm saying so um you know we just give them a, a, a safe space to be to be kids man you know to have fun and, and awesome. to be and to feel safe yeah
2: now as we've talked about uh terrence i mean like all organizations like yours it's a constant battle to Define sustainable funding, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's—I mean—that's kind of the big challenge, especially these days. Now, when these big, high-profile things happen, like the shooting in the City Park or, or the Summer and whatnot, there's—you know—there's often some kind of big funding infusion, right? There's something gets passed or whatnot, and some money comes in. I know that there's a big grant that started uh, this past year. I think it's called—it's called, it's called uh, Grid, which mm-hmm. is actually—you know—it's a good chunk of money from the feds. It's like what, like one point two million or it's three million, three th- three million. And that's good for the time being, but I guess the big question is like like how do you unify these different efforts and how do you make them sustainable? I mean, you know,
5: so what? So you know, I'll tell you guys something that ended up happening. So we didn't talk about Darren Williams, <laughs> yes, football player who was also killed by homegrown yeah. Denver gang members who their actual uniform out of them is Denver Bronco gear, Denver Crips. You know what I mean? So um, these this. Barco Player was killed by African-Americans from Northeast Denver who grew up right here in the Five Points area. Um, But when the Crime Prevention and Control Commission freed up the dollars, they gave it to an organization that works in Southwest Denver. Not $1 came <laughs> to not one organization who works in Northeast Denver. They gave it to, and I mean, I love my, my Latino brothers and sisters, man. They have the same issues as we have in Southwest Denver, but that money didn't come over here. But did some of that money to go to Denver? fight
2: uh, the gypsy crimes? Some of that, that
5: money went <laughs> to pay people salaries. Yeah. People who didn't, some people who didn't know nothing about gangs.
2: So then what should be done? If we know what, that they, so they keep screwing up, what does, should be done?
5: So now I have two grit workers who work for me. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, we don't get anything from grid. They pay their salary. Yeah. You know what I mean. And we get like an indirect so cost for for me supervising fe- these two yeah. men. It's and, federal and funding. It's federal for funding. These guys. And so, and let me tell you, like, what we're doing is, um, I'm literally trying to, you know, I share my community center with Senator Mike Johnston, and we're trying to get before Congress um, to change some of the federal funding mandates because the, all the feds want to do is fund intervention. You know, they want to, you know, all right, he's a 28-year-old gang member. He raped two women, and now he's involved with some of these property crimes. Um, You know, you guys need to counsel him. It's like, but... What about his 12 year old son who's yeah. not a crip yet? Yeah. You, you know, oh, yeah. we're not paying for that kind of time. Yeah. You know, it's like, do you really care about our people? Because if it was Cherry Creek kids joining the cult and they were 10 or 12 years old, you guys would stomp that out. You mm-hmm. wouldn't wait till they joined the cult and come back from Israel when Is- the Israelis uh, deporting back to America. <laughs> then you want to send a Senate counselor. So why are you doing it to my people? Why do it to my yeah. community? Um, but they have these so called gang experts who are, you know, 50 year old people who don't know nothing about gangs, but they're these these think take people who be like this is the best option for gangs but prevention if we stop kids from joining gangs even in the first place then you know what all these old gang members they'll they'll get incarcerated they'll stop gang banging they'll get killed whatever's going to happen but For any organization If Westward Newspaper Or Free Speech TV Didn't recruit New life Then whoever's Working at Free Speech TV Or whatever They would end up Dying one day And there would be No such thing So that's my approach You know That's our approach And we're going to Ask Congress To make sure that A lot of these Federal millions Tens of millions Of dollars That are going To all of these Different cities Go towards More preventative Efforts And a a lot less To
2: intervention efforts
5: Because intervention Is not working
2: If folks want to Get more information About prodigal son What should we do
5: Um, man, just hit us up um, Go to our website org, Or just give me a call 720-635-7085 That's my personal cell number And i get back to you
2: Okay, uh, next up We're going to talk about Another source uh, Of potential violence in Denver Namely the cops themselves Which isn't very good But uh, before we do that We're going to have A little musical break Joe, uh, can, I,
1: can I just say something Before we Oh, before sure, we sure, come, sure, sure, Alex in, in relation to what You were saying, Taz Um I just want to remind people that gang violence, just because it doesn't affect you personally, it affects—it's a community problem. I mean, and that's one thing that I keep running into. People think, oh, just because this guy, you know, he was a gang member, I'm not involved. When I lived in Aurora— Uh, there was a a drive-by shooting just uh, kids at random shot fire through just at my neighbor's house it was an old old man went through his house and into the house next door you know but that's the thing i've also had friends just get harassed down there in uh northeast ever whether you're on park hill or whether you're in uh what people refer to as the east side five points you could just be wearing a blue shirt might not even be affiliated with anything next thing you know You've got you've Somebody got some serious you. problems. Yeah. yeah,
2: So you so yeah. It's you know this isn't just a problem for certain parts of town or certain people. It's something that we all have to kind of. It's a war. It's a community. It's a war yeah. for
5: someone those kids. Oh, so for real war. Yeah. yeah,
2: and so we want to talk about kind of what the cops are are doing some of this stuff. But uh, before then, we have a little uh, musical break. This week, we're featuring the epilogues named Best Alternative Pop Act by the Western Music Showcase to celebrate the fall release of the new album, Cinematics. The band's performing three free all-ages shows at different Illegal Pete's restaurants on July 26th, 27th, and August 3rd. For more information and to RSVP, go to Illegal Pete's uh, Facebook page. So let's listen in. It's called uh, Hunting Season by the epilogues. Hey, guys. uh, We're back. So, um, of course, uh, the the local police are one of the folks who are are trying to deal with some of these gang concerns. Unfortunately, we also have ongoing concerns about the police themselves. Um, One of the reasons why we have right in our studio uh, Alex Landau. In 2009, uh, Alex, um, when he was a 19-year-old college student, was pulled over for supposedly making an illegal left left turn. And... uh, and pretty soon after, he was being beaten bloody by several police officers wielding flashlights and a metal radio. Um, and uh, and before he was brought to the hospital, Alex asked someone to take photos of the damage. And it's uh, probably you know in part because of that, eventually the city uh, settled uh, Alex's lawsuit for seven hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. It's one of the largest police brutality settlements in the city history. Um, but Alex's story As well as the story of a police department That's been kind of racked by stories like this Has been far from Wrapped up um, so, so Alex thanks for thanks for being here today And talking oh, about it. And at the same time um, You've also become uh, Thanks to what's happened to you You've become a member of the Colorado Progressive Coalition And you've become really kind of a spokesperson For social justice in, in trying to make some of These kind of changes in the police department To hopefully hope stop this from happening again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, recently I have, uh, I'm an intern at uh, Colorado Progressive Coalition. I've uh, been uh, on board, um, I guess, I've officially been on board since the beginning of last January, so a few months now. And uh, part of what I I'm, we're doing down there is just raising awareness around knowing your rights, um, how to navigate through police interactions, Uh, You know, uh, talking about the different levels of uh, conversation, detainment, arrest, things that people just need to know, especially in uh, community. You know, people of color, these are the kinds of tools that are not available in school. These are the kinds of tools that aren't available in libraries. We have to pass them on to each other. You know, the police aren't going to go out of their way to tell us what we can and can't do and what they can and can't do. And uh, I just think it's really important, especially after what happened to me in 2009, to understand that it's not just the police. Mm-hmm. You know, it's—I uh, think it's a deep structure of—it's—it's um, it's an old culture. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of police violence, and there's a real lack of accountability. Uh, the officers in my case have assaulted other members of our community, and they've been videotaped doing it, and they're still on the force. Yeah, now.
2: that to me is what's fascinating. I mean, these are these are some of the same guys. These are. Uh that's uh, Randy Nixon and whatnot, Ricky Nixon, and uh, R- Randy Mur. Yeah, R- Rick Nixon and Randy are two of the officers who you know who were involved in the incident that happened to you, were also involved in some of the other kind of big, high-profile police brutality kind of cases. So the question is: Is this you know why are we seeing the same officers kind of coming up again and again in some of these like really?
1: violent episodes i think the uh part of the problem is well there's a lot there's a there's a bunch of small pieces to a big problem and i think it stems from things like the city doesn't like to acknowledge profiling and they don't like to acknowledge police brutality you know they like to to think that uh, they don't have a systemic problem inside their department and i believe that you know they i believe in become. you can become a product of your environment you know as you know uh growing up poor uh, things like that. We had to do a lot of things to make ends meet. And um, when you ha- when you do have good cops on the force, and daily they just see officers killing people, beating people, falsifying charges, uh, creating false testimony, all this crazy stuff, and they just get away with it every time. And not only that, but they get paid vacation because that's all the suspension with back pay is.
2: Now you come from a family of police officers.
1: I do. Right. I'm well. Well. My or grandpa or and my great grandfather. Yeah. And uh, I have an uncle who's FBI somewhere.
2: It's funny, I was talking to you before we started this. In some ways, you're like the worst nightmare for the Denver police for, to get to on to, to up this. I mean, you're this like, really well spoken, um, young, charismatic guy, you know, come from like a you know, family with two police officers. And I mean, you, you know, it clearly wasn't your choice. But the fact between, between who you were and the fact that somehow, even though you were. You were clearly a mess at the point that the ambulance came. You you, you were the force to say, "Hey, somebody, take my photo." So you you become this like visual representation for a lot of people. You know, of there's something really wrong here. And one thing before we continue on, I mean, you know, we talked a bit today about you know kind of the community violence and what you do as a victim of it. I mean, what do you what do you tell like like other victims or folks kind of dealing with this in terms of like, hey, does it get better? I mean, how did you, you know like I how think do you deal with some of kind, of, kind of the, the repercussions of that night?
1: The best thing people can do is to acknowledge it. You can't, you can't brush it aside. You can't ignore the fact that this is a violent world and violence is occurring in our community all the time. I mean, I was beaten. They, they, they tried to murder me, and then they tried to lie about it. And what happened, by the way? I
2: mean, for folks who haven't read about it, I mean, how did this whole thing seem to come about that you all of a sudden were getting beaten bloody by police officers?
1: Well, they originally pulled me over for an illegal left turn, which we later found out wasn't even, okay. you know, that didn't even make an illegal left turn. And um, it all started because I wanted to see a warrant, and I was grabbed by two officers, and uh, I i didn't have my license on me, and I had already explained that to Officer Nixon when he came to my car originally. And he just looked at me and laughed while the other two officers had me, and he said, you don't have a license. And then he hit me, and he kept hitting me. And uh, he was hitting me hard enough to cause the all of us to move, you know, yeah. you're getting hit in the side of the head. There's obviously some force behind that. And Officer Middleton slipped backwards over the curb and brought us all down on top of her. And she took off her radio and started hitting me below my eye with her radio multiple times. Now, and, uh, what goes to your head when you have police officers yeah. like,
2: you know, doing this to you? I mean, we, I, I mean,
3: because there's a natural instinct to fight back, but it's a cop,
0: yeah, and they I mean, have I mean, guns and yeah, they can use know, it, yeah.
1: The thing about it is I've known that there's been uh, mistreatment going on between police and people of color the majority of my life. I've had other interactions with police where I've been profiled, but nothing to that extent. I've had altercations in Aurora with uh, security guards, and uh, I've had altercations in uh, Jefferson County crossing the street and things like that, you know, that were just minor. And uh, I think it stems from the individual's belief of the opposing side. You know, people just look at it. Like uh like Aurora's a great example a lot of a lot of drug traffic, a lot of prostitution uh in certain areas uh you have a lot of high crime, so then automatically you have these people that take on authority roles and they just assume that they're going to go around being vigilantes and stopping everybody and you know it could be your mom, it could be your grandpa, it could be your uncle you okay. know and I think the problem with the violence is uh there's something inside of them that they just haven't worked out yet they have no other means of uh of uh, detaining anybody you know what i mean you've got a a, a belt full of flashlights mace ropes handcuffs bullets bullets and your gun yeah. and those are the first thing the first things you go for are lethal every time and
5: yeah. let me say this um You know, the police departments everywhere actively try to recruit people who have a military background Mm -hmm. and who have been to Iraq, who have been to Afghanistan, who have been to Vietnam, who probably have a high level of post-traumatic stress syndrome. But if they could pass physical and they could pass certain tests and some of these departments, if they have a high school diploma or a GED... Hey, you're a police officer, you know, we need you. And they also have a certain amount of money budgeted, even though Denver is in a 100 and some, however many millions of dollars budget deficit, they still set aside millions millions of dollars because they know that there's going to be citizens beaten by police officers. Yeah, that's um, not a good they sign. They don't set money aside for prodigal son to keep kids out of <laughs> games from killing police officers, but they set money aside because they know that there's going to be yeah. people beaten, and they just, all right, this is lawsuit money. How much? <clears throat> Give him $700,000. Yeah. See, that's the thing. He they only not keep 30
1: buying days. us like that, yeah. though. You know, officers aren't out here doing their jobs. I, I, I could tell you stories about, you know, hearing gunfire, and then the first officer doesn't even respond for 10-plus minutes. Huh. You know, by that, by that time— not only is the shooter gone, but the victim's probably dead, you know. And uh, it happens like that all the time. They have protect and serves on the side of their car.
2: And I think what happened with the payoff in your case is actually pretty – kind of illustrates that. I think when it, when it was first announced that the city had settled, I think some people saw it as a potential victory. saying, Okay, something is happening. There's some – you know, there's some repercussions for this. But at the same time, what's happened to the officers involved in your particular case to me is – it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, these guys right. have been fired and they've been brought back on and fired again. And so I mean, I mean, what's going on? With these officers who, you know, this, you know, who, I think it's you know, I think you know, it's still like allegedly beat you. I know that we can say or you know, has been proven, but I mean, I think most people agree that that stuff happened to you with these officers. And at the same time, they said some pretty sketchy stuff to to um internal inf- you know to oh, internal affairs I-A-B. about saying yes you know are you reaching for guns so what so what has happened to these officers
1: the officers right now as far as i know are terminated as far as their actions in my case nothing they're terminated for their actions in other incidents for my case i mean the office uh, in my experience with internal affairs was they told me not to play the race card and they told me <laughs> that uh Virginia Quinonez said that uh, if if necessary, she would shoot somebody if they were reaching for their gun. And that's the mentality. You know, that's even in internal affairs, I'm supposed to be able to come here <laughs> and complain about the way I was treated. You know, yeah. fresh from jail, face full of 45 <laughs> stitches, and 19-year-old, maybe weigh like 145 pounds. And she has the nerve to just, you know, brush but it aside. The
5: police, though, um, some of the new district commanders came from IA, and they were gang unit officers. And, you know, sergeants and lieutenants before they went to IA. Yeah. So, you know, they're recycling their friends. They have sex with yeah. one another. They have barbecues with one another. They have domestic yeah. violence with one another. These all.
2: It's a common mentality. Like, think hey, bloods, yeah. Bloods they don't
5: police out. bloods. <laughs> yeah. If a blood beats me up, I can't go to the OGs of the bloods and be like, you know, your, your best friend just beat me up because he's going to be like, all right, man, I'll talk to him. You know, this guy just called me and said you beat him up. He's such a piece of crap. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's the culture. They need to have an outside entity and not just the independent monitor. You know what I mean? They need to have an outside department that's probably funded federally just the same way the police are, to prosecute police and to investigate. Take it away from
1: Mitch Morrissey. You can't have local prosecution, prosecuting officers. I mean, why would you pay so much money and then still have some disagreement whether or not the officers did their jobs correctly?
2: I know there's been a lot of talk about kind of kind of. Shifting some of the police mentality and some of the police structures. I know with uh, you know we now have a new police chief, right? Chief White. Uh, yeah, that Chief White. White. We have a new um, you know manager of safety. Yeah, we're, they're looking. Uh, they're
5: interviewing for a uh, new independent monitor, which is
2: which has been going on for a while now. we were at, you know time. the independent monitors, supposedly the person, the outside observer, is supposed to be watching these kind of internal investigations. But we haven't had one now in months. Richard Rosenthal left because he
5: doesn't. He his final report was nothing's being done, and nothing's yeah. going to be.
2: Done. His final report was really pointed, saying that you know there's, there's serious problems. I mean, do you guys think that there is some movement to change right now? I mean, are there kind of are people but, taking this seriously, or is it still the same old Still, it's well, still
1: status it, quo. It, when, I mean, so several months ago, before the Mayor Hancock's election, he promised to. Uh, you know he wanted to revise the police department he wanted to make the discipline matrix he wanted to he wanted to make it uh he wanted a lot of community input towards it also about its redevelopment. he wanted to uh, shorten investigations he wanted to uh, create transparency he wanted to uh, he him and chief White both said that they didn't want to accept officers on the force who were lying or you know they did they wanted to put a stop to excessive force and then after Alonzo Ashley was murdered, they stopped meeting with social justice organizations about police really? brutality. Mayor Hancock won't meet with any social justice organization to talk about police brutality chief white Chief white Alonzo Ashley. Actually- he I'm was the one ahead. who
2: was killed um, at the zoo. At the zoo, yeah. a year ago,
1: two days ago. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Hmm. So yeah, so you guys don't see much movement.
1: You can't change it from the inside as individuals. You have, to, I mean, you'd have to do away with the with I B completely. You would have to get. There's a lot of things that would have to be changed. The Matrix. I mean, there's no way an investigation should take. I mean, they should like to say it takes 90 days. I've never seen an investigation. Everybody who ha- who who I know who's been through uh, some sort of interaction with law enforcement and has gone through the complaint process, has never had an investigation completed in 90 days. At least a year. A, a, yeah. a year, even a year. Yeah. So, some have been years. Four years, three yeah. or four years. Yeah. yeah. And the law enforcement, the mentality out here is that, I mean, now, now you can ask, a, you, it doesn't matter if you ask a person of color, you could ask a white person, people in the suburbs who don't even know about Denver police firsthand, and it's exposed. You know, people... People hear a lot of bad things about Denver. Denver police have got a bad reputation now. The emblem, their badge is tarnished, you know, and you've got officers downtown who are off duty. And like the, like the incident, New Year's Eve is a good example. The officer assaulted a gentleman outside of its brother's bar. These officers get free drinks at these bars all night. They're carrying their firearms with them all night. You know, I've got photos. I ask them, you know, I see it every weekend, you know, and and there's, there's a question still about are these officers doing their jobs correctly? Yeah. Look like at Paul Childs.
5: Um, you know, this is a a developmentally um, disabled young man who was shot and killed by Officer Turney unnecessarily. He got a ten month suspension.
2: Ten months. Su- what was that? Suspension. Yeah. What, what year was that? That was. Uh, um. Oh, th- what was it? Oh
5: four, it was I that. Think. Um. Yeah. Was it '04? Oh I think yeah. it was '04. Oh so they killed Paul Childs, and. Um, the police association complained about a 10-month suspension, not him getting right. indicted for murder, yeah. not him getting indicted for assault or anything like that. He got a suspension, and they complained about him just getting a suspension when he killed a, a child who his mental capacity was, and they knew it. The mom was sitting there telling him, look, he's mentally ill. He can't, he's so mentally ill, he can barely even talk correctly. He's not dangerous, but he's just acting a little bit crazy. We just want you guys to calm him down. The guy shoots him dead, kills him.
4: Um, four times two from like twenty five
5: or thirty feet away, but the only reason why he got a ten month suspension was because he was a few feet back from where he actually should have been doing the shooting. Yeah.
2: Twenty five. And once you have away. a finding like that, once you once you have a ruling like that, that becomes the basis for future rulings because then any future cop can say, "Hey, well, look what happened to the cop who shot Paul Child," and so that's the thing it creates. You know, this kind of. The, yeah, it's kind of similar structure. discipline. Like yeah. you have to discipline. Yeah.
5: Me similarly, even if that discipline was a faulty discipline, you know what yeah. I mean? So um, there's a lot of issues, man, that, you know, when I do mainly um, gang violence prevention, but we do all violence prevention because I've had friends murdered by police officers. And I've been not only assaulted by police myself, man, when I was a youth, um, but also I was direct out upon for a crime that I didn't commit when I was a juvenile as well. You yeah. Know? So there's a lot of news. issues with, with law enforcement. So, in Colorado. so,
2: so, I mean, I don't know if Nessa and Josh have any questions or anything to add at this point. Been
4: uh I don't know. I mean, every I'm pretty much in agreement with everything that's been I mean, I'm just you know
3: Yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's, it's a little
2: it's overwhelming. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah and then yeah.
2: you know and clearly this is you know, it's a pretty it's a pretty uh pessimistic episode. At the same time I think by looking at you two at least, I mean to show I mean there clearly is potential for for beneficial outcomes. I mean, you know, yeah, Terrence, can, can I mean, do? you, I mean, I mean, you were like in the clutch. I mean, you were definitely, the system had failed you. You, mm-hmm. you know, things could have turned out very, very differently for you. Okay. And the fact that you found the way out of this and actually kind of create this really kind of key neighborhood structure now that's helping to solve some of the problems for other kids. I mean that you know that shows that even with all of these problems, even all the limitations of these things, there's still potential. And the same thing for you, Alex. I mean you could have I mean you had shit thrown at you, okay? You know and the fact that you were here that you know kind of that now as you're telling me you're kind of you're kind of tweaking your your potential kind of career to kind of to kinda of, to kinda of deal with some of this kind of social justice stuff because you've been so inspired by, by what you've gone
4: through,
1: right? Yeah, actually, I, I decided to switch my major to uh, social justice. I mean, it's not just—I mean, it's us sitting here now, and I mean, we 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 complain about justice, but there's people who will never even get to this level. Yeah, on and it happens on a daily basis. Some people like like the Alonzo family, you know? Oh yeah, Alonzo Ashley's family. That's, uh the Booker yeah. family. What do know? people
3: do? So so people listening. Yeah. What do you, what yeah. Do they what do? should
1: what should people do? As far as uh, I think people need to raise awareness. People need to get involved in their communities. People, Like when we were at the zoo a couple of days ago, people didn't want to take information about Alonzo Ashley because they thought it didn't affect him. You just left the zoo, all right? You might not have left the zoo if you had been a person of color. You know, just because you stay in Douglas County doesn't mean if you're going to travel to our neighborhood and see some attractions that are in our neighborhood – get involved you know at least take a free bottle of water with a band around it yeah. about what happened here okay. this who didn't put up a memorial or anything about that yeah. we could
5: both be dead i mean we're here speaking intelligently we, we both have careers ahead of us we're both doing work we're just regular american citizens but very easily me and him right now could could be dead and you guys could be just talking about bill murray and some other things and didn't yeah. never even have even met us It's true mm-hmm. there's so many more people who are dead though who look just like me and Alex probably more intelligent than yeah. than both of us. But that's the thing
1: though. We'll it's not just heart. race anymore though, either though. Yeah. You know, I mean we see that too. Yeah. Yeah, could it's be, a
3: community like, issue. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah,
1: it really is. I mean, we, we've got a, a high gay, lesbian, uh, queer, transgender population in De- Denver. We also have a, a heavy punk rock scene. You could be the guy with uh, sleeve tattoos and a blue mohawk. Mm-hmm. They're going to treat you like they're going to treat us. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. It's 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 rooted so deep to where they're just used to it. They can just pull up, hop out of their car, parked in the middle of the road. Just got done doing sixty miles an hour. Had to blow through three red lights to get up to you. <laughs> yeah. But when they finally get up to you. They're going to do some good police work. Everybody's getting detained. They're going through the vehicle. And don't say anything to us because we're Denver police officers. Yes. You know, and that's the mentality that we need to break. And then as a community, we can't break it unless we get involved. And some of the stuff that
5: was going on, you know, in America was happening in some other countries. And we know about it. Well, we be be cutting funds and putting an embargo on them because of how they treat their (laughs) citizens. Yeah. You don't get any toasters <laughs> and microwave from America <laughs> because look at how you treat your citizens. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, we have the highest incarceration rate. We have the highest gun violence murder rate. <laughs> yeah. Everything that's bad, America has the highest rate <laughs> internationally. You know what I mean? So I think that we need to really do start yeah. taking a good look at who we really are. Stop looking at everybody else's problems and fix what we got going do on. Think, do you think
3: we, are we gonna need to work on gun control?
5: Um, You know what I'm not going to come Against anybody's uh, Constitutional rights Because you know what If I didn't have felonies I'd own a gun myself Especially with all the Police brutality And and stuff going on Uh, But for the most part um, You know I just think that People need to be More aware of of police brutality and because to be honest with you, a lot of law-abiding citizens don't have issues. Most of my family members they own guns and it's just up in there causing them to say for some and they right, haven't right. killed anybody. Um, so you know, um, I, I honestly really don't think it's a gun control issue because mm. um, you know yeah. I, I've seen people killed with knives. I've done prison time. You know, yeah, what right. I mean? It's
3: just it's just you know, especially what what happened uh, last night in the movie theater. It's all of a sudden everybody starts talking again about and you know Obama's never really done anything. He's he's made no movements. He's done definitely pro guns sort of. have
4: yeah. proliferated actually yeah,
3: and, under, gun uh, yeah ownership and, have. And, and and so it becomes like lots of chatter you but, know? but a lot of but conservatives really
5: have bought guns <laughs> when right. he became president yeah because yeah, right. they thought he was gonna yeah, right, do something it. Right, right, right. but gun. he hasn't
4: he's loosened them i mean it's exactly which shows kind of you know it's like anybody t- anytime anybody tries yeah. to spread that lie during this election season it's like actually no the And i don't think gun, gun laws should be loosened right. um I mean. and
5: i don't know you know in i don't know how stringent the laws are about people purchasing guns uh, but for the most part there are going to be guns whether yeah, right. they're illegal yeah. guns or legal guns so you know so, you're just, you're so no matter the key what issues first even if they stop the selling all guns to citizens today there's still the guns that are out there yeah. millions of guns you yeah. know what i mean so and uh, it won't solve all the problems so, so people should educate themselves if you keep pushing yeah. that then it's like you know it, what yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know you're to not gonna to solve me, anything to it's, me to me
3: it's it's not it's not about controlling guns it's about uh eliminating poverty and disenfranchised right. people. Yeah. Right. You know, there shouldn't be such a such a gap that 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 your only option to feel like a real individual is to join a a
5: group. Let yeah. me tell you something about yeah. employment really quick to where I know that if people could get jobs they will stop violence. So, you know, I was in Pretty much one of the most dangerous prisons at the time in the United States, Mm -hmm. and the OG Bloods and Crips, the toughest Bloods and Crips, worked in the kitchen. They were making a dollar fifty a day, a dollar fifty for a whole day's worth of work, busting their butts. But all the other Bloods and Crips, you know their jobs and the laundry stuff, they were only getting like thirty nine cents, fifty cents a day. But the OG Bloods and Crips pretty much had a mandate: if any of you guys fight in this kitchen and get our dollar fifty taken from us. We'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> there was never a fight. Yeah. <laughs> no one fought in the kitchen. And all the Bloods and Crips who were making that $1. fifty, they worked together. Yeah, right. They became best friends. They were lifting weights together. <laughs> yeah. They were writing letters together. They were on each other's phone calls, hooking each other up with each other's sisters and girlfriends' friends. All the other Bloods and Crips fought each other because they didn't have nothing. Yeah. But the OG Bloods and Crips passed pretty much a prison law. If you get into any fight in the kitchen and it affects my job, I'm going to put yeah. a hit out on you and you're going to die. Yeah. To their own friends. You know what I mean? So... Because they were making money, and they were getting $30 a month. <laughs> yeah. You know? But it, yeah. They but had lotion, still, it's, it's and they on, had man. Doritos and all this. You know? So, yeah, man, get these guys some jobs, man. And, 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 and I'll say this. you know that from Colorado Boulevard all the way up to DIA, there's over 400 different employment uh, companies that employ people from people who don't even have a degree all the way up to people who have their doctor's degrees from yeah. executive positions on down to just cleaning toilets at one of these rental car places? They're not hiring people from Northeast Denver. Now, if this was Detroit... Mm-hmm. The people would say, oh, well, there's so much murder and violence in Detroit because all the factories closed. But in Denver, they're not closed. This yeah. is not Detroit. This right. is a city with a much better economy. And these companies are open. And guess what? We still have people living right up the street from these companies who are living in abstract poverty because once they see your zip code on your application, it's worse than yeah. having a felony. These <laughs> people that working in all those warehouses in Park Hill going all through my Marbello. Big pickup trucks Boats on their pick yeah. They don't even live In Montbello Or Northeast Park Hill Or a cold neighborhood They live in Highlands Ranch They live in Kent Carl Same they with live the in officers Patrolling
1: those neighborhoods Exactly
2: yeah. Unfortunately We have to wrap this up um, Even though I love To keep talking about this I want to move on To uh, love and hate For the week uh, I want to I throw it out To our special guests If you guys love have any me. Love and hate About Denver <laughs> Alex do you have any Do you have anything You want to love on Or hate on In
1: Denver I love my community In Denver and I hate the fact that uh, our police accountability—well, there is none. Yeah. Period. Okay. So, um,
5: what I love about Denver, I love that Denver's growing, man. Denver is—we're not this little cow town that everybody thinks we are. You know what I mean? We're—you <laughs> know—we we're, up there. You know, we're the next Atlanta. We're the next LA. We're the next Chicago, and I love that, man, because that's America. That's man. I, I love—I love city life. You know what I mean? But what <laughs> I hate. Is uh, that we're also experiencing the, 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 the ills of being a bigger city, of of getting what we ask for. And that means a lot of times, you know, people in my community are suffering because of it. And, um, you know, it, it's a shame that, you know, we have to keep losing um, lives of our people for people to take a little bit of notice of it for a couple of months. Then they're off to, you know, teddy bears at the zoo with puppy dogs being yeah. born or whatever else. Uh,
2: Josh and Vanessa.
3: Yeah, it's hard. to It's hard to follow. Yeah, I know. Um First of all, I love what you guys are doing. Mm. It's, it's thank you very much. You, thank you for doing that. And um, I guess I also love a Pagliacci's minestrone soup. <laughs>
2: it's okay. That's, you can that love Pagliacci's. The Is closing. that Denver? Is that Denver? Soup yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're closing. It's it's yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a like clown restaurant. Right? Isn't it clown?
4: The, clown? the clown It's one? the clown on the sign. Yeah. It's the so sign. I was, was going to do... I'm from, I'm from New Jersey.
3: I'm from New Jersey and it's good Italian. And yeah. good Italians yeah, kind of it's
2: hard it's to find. It's hard to come by around here.
4: I just hope somebody, whoever takes it, keeps the sign up. Because yeah. I really do love it. You can see it from I-25. Yeah. It's my old neighborhood. We
2: can, so take it. These guys are doing. we can go take it. We can go take the sign for ourselves, the diatribe it. Have the clown, yeah,
4: maybe we could take the whole restaurant. We could. Um, anyway, so I just thought of another love though because I'd forgotten about the CPC for a while, but I love
2: the, we, Colorado, we, uh, the progressive Colorado
4: Progressive Coalition, coalition. Uh, which Alex is interning with. Um, Colorado Progressive Coalition dot, is it CPC.org? Yes, okay, so the, uh,
1: let me double check
4: that. I have a card, right here. yeah, they're uh awesome, been around for a long time, but uh, state. Social justice, social justice issues
1: all over the Colorado place. Okay, Yeah. cool. All
4: right. Uh,
2: I'm going to give a love as well. Just kind of in general, just yeah, like you said, just like you know, it's been it's been a pretty tough uh, summer around here lately between the fires and the shootings and whatnot. But at the same time, I you know I have to say, um, the reaction of the community, I think, has been pretty good. I mean, this morning that you know, you know there's all these all these kind of tweets and Facebook updates about kind of donating blood to the Bonfield Center. So I so I feel like as a community, I think they're you know. We do have this community feel here mm-hmm. on the front range, and I think we've seen some of that come out this summer. Folks have tried to come together and recognize, hey, this isn't just some person who we have no connection to, whether it's an Aurora or down south in the Springs who's been, you know, whose life has been torn apart that, you know, that, that we all kind of have to kind of share in this a bit. So uh, I guess I'll love in that.
1: We just need to expand and come together, not just in times of tragedy. Yeah, but right. you know, not time. forget. Yeah, you know, right. up the day-to-day day awareness. You yeah. Know? yeah,
5: more hip-hop and rock and roll. <laughs> <More
2: everybody. laughs> that's what <all> we need. <laughs> yeah. Julian, do you have a love or hate this week, sir? Uh, just love to all the victims of the shooting. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. about it. Right. Okay. um That's all the love and hate and discussion we have for this week. If you have, if you want to share a little of your own love and hate please leave us a brief message at 720-282-YELL that's 720-282-9355 um, our brand new theme music is the song Denver by TJ Miller off his comedy music album The Extended Play EP our web hosting is provided by bluechannel.com we broadcast live every Friday morning from 9am to a little late today uh, 10.30 at nfnradio.com and you can always listen to episodes on demand by subscribing to our podcast. Um, I want to thank our special guests uh, Terrence Roberts, Alex Landau for coming in guys. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Uh, For more information on what they're doing and about the diatribe check out our website uh, DenverDiatribe.com or search for Denver Diatribe on Twitter or Facebook. I'm Joel Warner. On behalf of Vanessa, Jared, uh, Julian, Josh, uh, Terrence, Alex. uh, Thanks for listening and we are out.
0: Have you heard the birds? Not the words Denver. High average income, roll like big spenders. Affordable housing, good money lenders. Low obesity, no need for suspenders. Check your calendar. Denver, Denver.